Good evening and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have on Steph Payne. How are you? Good. How are you, Sean? Nice to be Good. here. Good. Steph is in the legendary Le Zeppelin. Notorious because you guys have actually been doing some groundbreaking stuff and all female, all Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. How are you guys doing today? How are you doing today, brother? What's that? I'm sorry? How, how are you doing today? I am very today? well. I'm very well, as we were just briefly saying, because, you know, we are... Uh, finally getting back to uh, playing a lot and it's uh, great feels so good and you know if anything we have a whole new appreciation of uh, of our lives so to speak I mean, like playing like not playing for so long and then playing live again mm-hmm. was it kind of like even, even like a nerve-wracking kind of like because you get your mojo going you're kind of used to a certain pattern of anything in life even if it's scary you probably get used to it or something but you don't do it at all you're like What's it going to be like? What's the audience going to be like? How am I going to sound? Am I, it's two years later. It's different. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's not only the muscle memory that you have to kind of get back. Mm -hmm. And even though you've played the song so many times, you know, when you take a break, it is all a bit nerve wracking. Wait, how does that go? And, and even just being on stage, you know, it's just a whole thing and a whole pattern. And um, it's an athletic event for sure. So you literally can be out of shape in a real way. You know, I mean, playing oh, yeah. for an at, you know, two hours is, you know, it takes a lot of stamina. And especially this music, which is not easy. You know, it, I mean, the band is working very hard for two hours, not just sitting there and, you know, strumming and humming. It's really oh, you've got to dial it in. Good. So I've seen the videos. Hard. You guys are fantastic. And uh, I live nearby New York. So hopefully I'll be popping in one of your shows, your New York shows, to see you in person. Well, we um, play all over. Well, we play all over. So. It'll be nice. Yeah. I live up in Connecticut, so most people don't usually always make it up there, so it's hit or miss. Oh, good. Yeah. So have you been playing, like, and keeping your chops up? How have you been, like, doing it? Because like, you're not really playing with the band. Are you still doing some of the Zeppelin stuff? Are you just doing normal stuff, right? You know, your own songs, kind of? Like, what have you done to keep it going? You know, to be honest with you, I didn't really woodshed a lot during this period. I, I if anything... I stepped away a little bit. Interesting. I've heard that. I've heard that. That's super interesting to hear that too. Everyone's had a different approach. This this is no. I I almost you know, it was it was a sort of um, existential moment for me, of really stopping being stopped. I should say rather, and and thinking about what would happen if this never came back. Like, you know, I'm not sure I totally believed it would never come back, but I wasn't sure it would come back the same way or with the same force. I wasn't sure that we'd be edged out. I wasn't, you know, we were watching venues close. So would there even be enough places to play to really um, keep this as my full-time job, which is what it is, you know? Um, So I sort of had an existential crisis of, what do I do? How can I move forward? What do I want to do? Do I want to do this? So I didn't really woodshed to get back to your question a little bit. We did some videos that were really fun. Like we did uh, these fun quarantunes, we called them, where we, pe- you know, you had to pass around 
uh, garage band tracks and then mix them all together and that kind of thing. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to get. And then to sync song. it up with the audio and the video when you really, like, yeah, no one has no idea. You're not really just pressing a button. There's a whole production for like four people to play and, and, and do a video. And it's, it's a thing. A whole big production. Exactly. So people don't realize that. And, um, and that was fun to sort of be together. That, that made us all happy to do that with each other, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So that, that was nice. That's how we sort of kept together in this. That's but interesting. Pers- but personally, I, um, I, I'd made a whole big life change, like of all sorts of things. I moved, I moved out of a too expensive apartment and I gathered all my money and took a loan and bought a house up in Massachusetts. I'm in the Berkshires right now. I figured I've got to do something. I have to have some asset. And you bury the I, rest of it in your backyard in mason jars like I do, right? It's all <laughs> mason jars in the backyard, like Scrooge McDuck, <laughs> guarding it. Oh it's great. I, I love a barn. I have a barn, which I think I'll, yep. will turn into a studio. Studio, so, of course. That's why I want to have a barn. <laughs> and I started my memoir, which is long overdue. Um, so if anything, I did, you know, I, I used to be a writer, uh, more of a, I'm always a writer, but I'm, I, I, I did writing for a living for a long time. I was a rock journalist and I wrote just all sorts of things. And that's how I made my living so I could fund my music career. <laughs> so I kind of went back to this idea of I need to start writing more um, fluidly and uh, need to get this book out because there's so many stories of this Les Zeppelin craziness well it's a certain path that you don't see nowadays these stories i'm sorry to be simple but it's 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 a good story i mean just the tidbits of it it's a good and you know rock journalism is a you know how to get a good story you know? right it, and you can do right. a good interesting story without being like seedy and gross you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. you can do the a good rock story sorry go ahead sorry yeah no thing you can do that it is possible people don't always believe it but it's very possible to just talk about music and talk about what goes on be very interesting without being salacious right i don't care if they believe it or not to be honest with you (laughs) i mean i think interestingly that you said that the way i'm approaching this is probably partly fictional because i i've written a couple of you know fiction Mm -hmm. novels and um i like that idea i like you know creating a, a world and you're not sure what is real what isn't and you know even if you think it's real it might not be real anyway by the I time see. you remember it and spit it out i pretend so, my life is fiction so all the time <laughs> so yeah exactly yeah. i've actually seen writers that have done that too some rock writers that kind of like do a little mixture of stories and uh-huh. what's really cool is we're, we're talking to musicians during this time I, I, a lot of musicians have one other super skill that they do that's creative that is interesting yeah. it's cooking photography uh, yeah painting or writing painting yeah yeah a lot of painters painting like really good a lot of really good writers so you know you being a writer doesn't surprise me you know or, or, or super crazy chefs which makes me feel like <laughs> because being on the road you really go like i gotta cook i gotta go crazy in the kitchen now because i'm not on it but the other thing is that's really good that you're doing that and you kind of find yourself I almost wonder if a lot of people were also struggling with, our, with their identity is like who they were. Like I'm a rocker. I'm a whatever kind of music is. You know what I'm saying? But that term of like, you're a traveling musician. You're not a traveling musician. All of a sudden, what are you? You're, you're at home. You're 
kicking around the house. What are you going to do? You're going to get you know a job down at Home Depot. Are you going to get a job so and so? What are you going to do to keep your time filled? Whether it's not about whether it's about money or it isn't about money, it's about like what are you going to do with that time? And also, who are you? Exactly. No, that's exactly it, it, very well put. What I went through to a certain extent. I mean, there was a point where I was calling my banker and saying maybe I should go into investment banking, and they got all excited. You want to join the team? Literally, I started researching. I've got to take this, you know, couple of tests for, you know, banking, you know, I guess, license or something, yep. <laughs> the, the Series 7 or whatever it's called. I mean, you know, I really was trying to kick around. What am I? You know, and I think you're right. I mean, I think um, not every musician, but a lot of people who are in the arts do do a lot of things. Yeah. You know, they they felt this need to pursue their art at the at great risk um to you know having a decent lifestyle uh, and um then if suddenly that is taken away you wonder what other skills what can i do what might have I, what might have i done or that's not grammatically correct um what would you'll, I, you'll figure out how to say it much more better <laughs> by the time this is over i'll figure i have to write it down what might I have done? Oh, there you go. Maybe right. My mother would correct me. She's an English. That might be the title of this of this of this episode too. What might <laughs> I'll do that what actually? What might I have done? There what I go. what I might have done, but then it's different. What might I have done? I don't know. Um, you figure it out. You're the journalist. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think there are lots of things that are in people's you know, lots of arrows in their quiver, so to speak. Yeah, it, 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 one yeah. out and see what happens. I think it's but been some good are, discovery. We're back to music to a certain extent. Right, but now you know. It's like less scary. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I can do something else. I am actually something more than this identity I've kind of carved out because you try so hard, right. so hard to, to get your, your, your band or your music known. It becomes you, like entirely you. Not like, right. oh, I'm a mom or I'm a dad or I'm a gardener or I'm a this, I'm a uncle, I'm a sister. I'm a, you know, you're like, I'm a rocker. And you just totally nose the grind to get noticed. And then the challenge is, you know, then, then grunge came and kind of kicked rock in the shins. I mean, rock wasn't helping itself by eating itself alive by copycats at a certain point, uh-huh. but it wiped it out. But then rock coming back gladly yeah. and stronger. I almost think it's weathered. It's going to last now. I mean, so this COVID thing is like, well, we've gone through worse. We've gone yeah. through shoegazing. We're going to go through this. I mean, it's always still going to be there. How are we going to do <laughs> yeah. Because the, the new thing is now what, what, what evolves is people... On, on, on Instagram and TikTok, and this is like the old guy, old man and me, get off my lawn, are all in their bedrooms and, and they have thousands of hits and they're super talented, but they can't play a club. Right. They can't fill a club. But then you get an artist that's on platinum albums that won't get the attention because a media company's like, how many followers do you have on Instagram? I don't know. I'm a rocker. I've got a platinum album and a Grammy album. I've been touring my whole life. I don't need a device. I can play a show in front of 20,000 people. Right. That world is kind of colliding in, in a weird way, you know, because That's media companies want, want uh, promotional companies want a lot of the big, you know, the, the, these hits and they're not really anything. You don't know like how many hits you get in one thing and then any other. And it doesn't always transition into buys and counts and clicks. It's all make believe, you know, yeah. and, and, and it comes down to who's going to go to the show, you know? Well, yes, because I mean, unless, unless you become one of these influencers, I guess, there are people sending you money, uh, which I understand happens. I mean, I, you know, I, I am such a Luddite to a certain extent when 
it comes to that, that some mm-hmm. of the girls in the band are a bit more up to speed on that. And I should say probably more interested in it than I, I am completely, uh, I have a, I have a almost 98% lack of interest in that. <laughs> but uh, I have I'm, to do it. I realize I have to do it. And we have like 1.6 million followers on Facebook. How that happened? I don't know. What's, and that's it. The media thing is hard and is a challenge for everybody. It's always good if you have somebody in your band that wants to do it over you. Yeah. You, don't to, you don't have to do it. And the balance of, of how much media do you put into your art? Are you taking away from your time for your art? You know, I know like some musicians are like, all right, turn off the phone. I don't even bring the phone in. I go to the studio. at studio time. You, you start doing your time in blocks. Oh, because it's so yeah. easy to have your device yeah. right in front of you. Mm-hmm. I just pick up, let me just check that one email. I'm expecting an email. Let's check it. Next thing you know, you're watching dogs on YouTube. Uh, that'd be <laughs> me. Actually, it'd be me on Instagram. I watch animals on Instagram. I'm a dark. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the cat videos. The cat videos. The, yeah. The baby me, my, videos. The... Yep. The little, all those crazy videos I'm getting sent back and forth. Me and my wife. That's all we do. Um, <laughs> I think there's other reasons for the internet too, but I'm not too sure. Not but, not but, sure. But, yeah. So that's really important. So also taking a break, did you, were you still playing guitar at all? Or were you, because I know some people actually took their guitars and just put them down for months. I know big guitar I, players are like, yeah, I didn't touch it. Little about, I, I, I didn't touch it a lot. Give I mean, when we started doing the quarantines, <laughs> I did more. I, I yeah. brought, picked them up again. But there was so much else to like, that occupied my frontal lobes, you know, like, how was I going to sign on to this unemployment? How was I going to, survive where was yeah. i going to go how's i mean there was there was you know i think people i don't know if people forget but for for people like us in this business 2020 by the second half of march we played our last gig in march 12th 2020 yeah we were we were supposed to down in annapolis at ram's head on stage it was a great fantastic sold out show or whatever it was we were supposed to go and do some radio uh, benefit the next day. The guy canceled on us. Um, he was crying. He was so upset. And we shut the doors at the gig we played that night. They shut the doors behind us. By the end of that month, we were all in a state of absolute panic. So, you know, and by the time yeah. April came around, it was like nervous breakdown city, basically, <laughs> you know. Everything that we had just said, you know, what, how am I surviving? You know, for, me, for somebody that had jobs, we, yeah, I'm sorry. We had jobs, you know, that you had to like, how am I going to, how's my job going to work? Your job is actually people industry, being around people. Correct. And that's just our off job table. disappeared. Now, some right. of the other girls had, were teaching, they were working, you know, my drummer does some, does security or whatever. Mm-hmm. Marlene has voiceovers and acting gigs here and there. Les Zeppelin is my job. So you are the founder. Yeah. And a right. proud parent. <laughs> right. Proud being in parentheses. <laughs> some days I'm proud. Some days I'm horrified. Um, oh, come on. Yeah. So I, so that just, there was no job. Uh, hence the existential crisis mm-hmm. that we had discussed. But, you know, for me, it was almost, was it, it wasn't comforting in a way to pick up my guitar for me. It was almost sort of, eh, this is, you know, not working. It's not going to work. What do I do? So, so I kind of put it down for a while. I rode my bicycle a lot. I, 
you know, tried to figure stuff out. I had time with my family. I have two boys and I had, that was glorious to have time with my son and he was into riding bicycles all over. So I joined him. I got, you know, he was trying to do high school by, you know, it was just horrible. Yeah, for but the family thing also is the big yeah. thing for a lot of musicians. They're like, oh my God. Right. They're like, I, I don't think I can go back on the road like this again. I don't, a lot of bands are like, I don't think I could do it. But then once they get out there and, and the tours and the managers, it might change again. But I think it's given some new perspective to some people that were just always on the road or always feeling yeah. guilty or, or always, you know, yeah. the, 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 the spouse at home trying to balance the weight of a, of a family. You, you know, it's not about the money. This is just work. It's just like being a traveling, whatever. Exactly. I mean, I, Les Zeppelin is almost 18 years now. And we were touring consistently early on when my boys were, were babies and that's a whole other story, but that you, you probably don't want to get into that, but you know, there were, let's just say in a nutshell, I have yet to meet another woman on the road. And I'm not talking about Madonna or Lady Gaga's range. I'm talking about someone like me who's really in a working band, right. you know, pound in the pavement with babies doing that i can't imagine that and leaving the babies i have not met another one yet so maybe i'm out of my mind but you know i need this was something that i had always dreamed of doing so i did it but you know i mean i had a lot of time at home on and off and i but i you know i had nannies and stuff like that but um you know this real months of every day having my kid was amazing and you know look the and kids then, weren't in school either so they were also at home so that was you you were with them so long now you can actually say god i need a break from them without feeling guilty because you know <laughs> you're like i get it i need a break yeah <laughs> i know? don't know i don't mind i didn't want oh, a break i'm joking i'm joking yeah. no no some would it, look, we had fights i wanted a break but no it was glorious it was really nice mm-hmm. and uh you know i felt bad for them because they really missed out on school yeah. you know i had one in college and he i had to pull him out it was awful yeah. awful my kids have loved it they don't like people like me i would have been fine with this if i was in high school i would like it's great i wore my pajamas yeah. i could just dial in from my bedroom <laughs> it'd be the best <laughs> thing ever i could yeah <laughs> if i never, never see a person again besides going to shows <laughs> that's the only thing that's got I, me out of my house you know shows yeah. and food yeah, I wouldn't have minded so much either. You're yeah. a hermit kind of person. But- I felt bad at first. And then as my kids were like, nah, didn't even phase them. Wow. I was like, oh, all right, there you go then. But for yeah. some kids that are so okay. out there, like in sports yeah. and different activities, that is hard. They have know. friends. Well, they had bubbles, but still. Yeah. So Wait, anyway, yeah. a long way around your question. I did not sit and pick up my guitar every day and figure out how I could sound even more like Jimmy Page or maybe go back to going back to trying to sound like Jimi Hendrix or something like that, you know, on and off, I did some stuff, um, but it was more of a letting go of doing almost everything, which is a rare moment to have in life. Actually, you're so driven all the time it was this moment of just everything comes to a halt, which is uh, when you look back on it now, we have been having survived it. Right. Uh, and we're getting back to it. Was it a weird sort of gift? Yep. In a, way? a lot of artists say that, like they don't want to say it in a bad way. Cause it could be, cause there have been some losses for people, but 
Yes. In some way, it has given an opportunity by taking the good and the bad and making it, you know what I mean? It's opened the doors for other people. And it's changed the situation up for certain people, which has been great, you know? Um, I imagine a lot of people also fell back in love with music again. They weren't so well, I think, it, I think it forces the issue. Do I still love this? Mm-hmm. Do I want to do it anymore? Is it, It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hassle. It is all these things. You know, where do I stand with regard to this? I have a chance to maybe go do something else. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's part of the reckoning, you know, am I still interested in this? Uh, so, you know, I, I think that all of us came out of it as, yes, we all want to. I mean, the band is gung ho. They might even be more gung ho than I am. You know, <laughs> seriously, they are so happy to be back on the road. And I, I, I love them for that. I mean, they're, you know, I feel very fortunate because I could have lost the band, you know, yeah. easily. Um, so we're all happy doing that. But I also think that, you know, certainly for me, I definitely want to pursue other things too. Most specifically, getting back into a habit of writing more. Yeah. That is what I ended up with. And I always end up with that. Kel Surprise. I've gone through this a million times in my life, having chosen to do music because I was the kind of person that I could have probably been an investment banker. I probably could have gone to, you know, medical school even, which, you know, I, I, I've always sort of been interested in that or most specifically being a foreign correspondent writing for a newspaper or that always, always was a romantic thing for me. So no different from touring. It's a different kind of touring. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it was very different from touring too. It's very, you're very totally different worlds. Those, yeah. those jobs are all very different. Very different. Different, different excitement. Yeah. Excitement. What, what is, so what, what is the future now for Les Zeppelin? How, how's it going to be balanced out now? I mean, what are you going to do? Um, I, Change it up a little bit or what? Well, we always try to reinvent it somehow. You know, we, the last thing we did was a record we we had every intention of going out and playing the string section and mm-hmm. doing a sort of string um not an orchestra thing because that's been done and right. eh, i don't really want to tone it down um but but having a quartet or you know a small string section is super cool because it it, it first of all for a, the guitar parts the strings can handle. There are so many guitar parts in those records. Oh yeah. I, you know, when you're playing as a four piece, basically a power trio and vocals, you have to do what Led Zeppelin did live. You have to somehow just get the live power of it. But there's so many parts that go missing. Uh, so with the strings, it was really fun to hear some of that and have that. So we were doing that. We did a record um, called The Island of Skiros, where we had. Uh, some of those arrangements that we had come up with for live performances, we recorded and all of that went down, you know, uh, so, but so there they was, can buy it on their website. It's on your website. Yes, they can they buy can. it. People you can buy it at lesseplin.com. And there's some shirts there and everything, everything else. There's some cool stuff there on the shirts, site. So all sorts of under let's plug that. Let's plug that. Underpants. It's <laughs> exactly what I think about. I think it's really right. Yeah, there's a, we, yes, you must go to leszeppelin.com and check it out. But yeah, there's some fun stuff. And the record's really cool. Um, 
So I think we're talking about, you know, now we've been doing, we had built up this physical graffiti show that we nice. put together with multimedia aspect. Um, and physical graffiti had always been a dream to do. And we only recently figured out how to do it. So it's been taken all this time because it's yeah. got a lot of stuff in there that, you know, lead never played live. They never played it. It's, it's near impossible to play live with four people. Yeah. Like in the light, forget about it. You have to figure out that, you know, this, it's sort of this gymnastic thing. I step on pedals with drones and Joan is playing two keyboards and switching sounds. And then there's this way you have to somehow come together and do it. And it's really, really fun. And it's very challenging. So we we're taking this physical graffiti show on the road. Um, and doing it in a the physical and physical graffiti, right? The what? Putting the physical and physical graffiti. Yeah. All the movements in there, right? We're getting physical with graffiti. Yeah. That's, it's it's actually important because there really aren't a lot of really good bands. I know you're not a fan of the term tribute band or you weren't. And to me, it's just words. It's just a good band and it's not a a lot of good bands and, and it's good to have the more female artists, the better, in my opinion. My daughter plays bass. My, my other kid plays guitar. So, I, you know, I love that they have people they can look up to that are also, you know, female. So, so I have someone rock out like that. But there's also not a lot of Zeppelin bands out there either that can really well, do there it. there are a fair No, not that can really do it well, though. That really yes. do it differently. Well, that, that. Ask Jimmy. Um, yeah. Well, the thing about the tribute, just to, just to clarify it, when I started the band, I, ne- I didn't even know what a tribute band was. I really, I'm, I know that sounds like bull crap. I really did not know what a tribute band was. I was a jazz head. I was this, I was that. But I had never been in a band, cover band, mm-hmm. except for jazz where you play standards. Um, so what is this thing? I started this band to have fun playing Led Zeppelin, which was also kind of naive because having fun playing Led Zeppelin is like six months of rehearsals later, you realize this is not, this is heavy duty stuff. Um, So suddenly I actually got a message from some other tribute band out in California. Hey, welcome. We have a band called tribute, a tribute band site, come and sign up. And, and I, I sort of remember my feeling of what? And I went over to this site and I thought, no, 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 no. This is, this is not what we are doing. And the reason I thought that is because in my mind, a tribute band is a band that impersonates a band. So, you know, the tribute band of guys doing Led Zeppelin is they get the dragon suit and they get the wigs and they copy all the moves and they try to sound as much like the band as you can. So there's some guy trying to sing like Robert Plant as close as possible. And in my opinion, the more you try to sound like them, the more you will not sound like them. It's a, it's a sort of paradox thing. I mean, first of all, we were off the hook because we're girls, you know, so this, so we had a little more leverage with that. And Led Zeppelin, funnily, they kind of were girly. So suddenly there was this whole interesting dynamic of doing the gender bending from the other end. 
So we kind of met each other in the middle. They were very elegant and girly. Jimmy Page was a sylph, you know, with his beautiful hair. And Robert was wearing girls' shirts and, you know, this, you know. It's almost like mincing, like, you know, oh, my backdrop. Oh, there was your background. Oh, my background. (laughs) Um, So we... We're kind of getting on the, a bit of a boyish groove and yep. coming at it from the other end. It was so interesting. That aspect became a whole thing in and of itself. But, you know, I, I sort of intuitively felt that we need to take this music within ourselves, learn their vibe, learn. I need to learn how to play like Jimmy yep. Page. Okay. And then yeah. I have to go out there and just let it go. And that's really super hard. That's like a classical musician interpreting a, you know, a Paganini violin concerto. You know, it's just you got to get the chops and you got to get the dynamics and learn where Jimmy might have gone. But then you have to know where not to just play exactly what he played, because it's it's in my opinion. What, why do that? He, he's going to play it better anyway. Right. It's never going to be as good. I mean, you, you, I'm not Jimmy. I'm Jimmy-like. Well, there's similarities. I, it's hard. I think the problem is, I think in, in, to me, like a tribute band has almost a negative thing because you're thinking of a, of a weekend party band that just aren't, you know, they do the best they can. And they're, you know, it's like buckshot yeah. at a barn for the sound. Yes, yes, right. But to be... When you say, but also there's a level of tribute bands where you can do, you know, Zappa, Pink Floyd, and yeah. Zeppelin, and maybe the Doors, to be that level where you're, you're recognized by the artists and other bands. Mm-hmm. Well, it's still sort of a tribute to sorts to the band. It's it's not the same level, and, and I think it's hard as an artist to get mushed with the weekend band, yes, wearing a wig to somebody yes. that does the similarities. But there are such similarities that for the disconcerting eye, people are like they don't really. You know, it's just a really good version than the other, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know exactly. Because you, you guys do dress very 70s and very Zeppelin. You've had some outfits that are very Jimmy Pagey. You yes, know. I've had them made for me. They're not exactly his, they're not exactly right. his suits. But there are people that go out and make his suits. Note, note for note, stitch for stitch. Fine, yeah. that's fine. I'm not judging it. I just feel like it's a different thing. I feel like... That's not what we are. And it's very hard to sell that. I mean, people don't really understand what I'm te- what we're talking about. I right. mean, and they don't, I, you know, for the most part, if they're not presented with the two, ba- you know, with a difference, they don't really know, or maybe mm-hmm. they don't care. They want to go have a beer and hear some right. Zeppelin, Zeppelin, you know, that serves the purpose and they're happy if you give them what we have, their minds explode. Right. But, you know, if they can get exposed to it, because there's something different about it and they don't even know what it is, but they know that there's something that's way more intense and way more powerful, even though we're not dressed like them or even sound, you know, our singer doesn't sound like Robert Plant. She's just, none of the singers that I've had have sounded like Robert Plant. Robert Plant can't like Robert Plant. Right. And, and, and someone who tries to imitate him, it doesn't really sound like him. It sounds like some sort of, I don't know, 
hokey version of him, which I don't know, to me is, is worse because it's not Robert Plant. And the more you hear the difference between someone trying to be Robert Plant and Robert Plant, the more it doesn't sound like him. You know what I mean? It's this, the paradoxical thing. But it's, I think you, know, you, you honor the music. If you can honor the music, I mean, guitars and, and instruments, you can recreate the sounds very similar in a big paintbrush and the collage of the sounds, you know. And and the thing is, with Zeppelin, you're right. I mean, Jimmy Page did have put like like 35 guitars on every track and some crazy string instruments you've never heard of, and you know, and and then even his guitar solos and the live things with this, this and that. There were mistakes in his music too. You know, the way he was playing so fast, it just feels sloppy but real. You know, I mean, it's a feel that you don't get if you just copy and copying it it's more it's the vibe thing there's no question jimmy's playing is like a train barreling down the track that may like veer off any minute in crash okay mm-hmm. that is exciting and i've had this argument with a lot of guitar players who say no 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 no. you've got to be prepared you've got to know your solo you've got to like and i'm more reckless and I veer off the track. I mean, I will bomb. I will, I know, and I probably should work harder. There's no question that I could do. But to me, the spirit of that, of just jumping off the cliff into this wild solo, I deeply believe that you are not going to hit a genius level of playing in a moment unless you do that. So while I might bomb more than the other Zeppelin guy in his band, right. I'm going to tell you when I don't bomb and I get it right in a moment of fire and passion where this stuff is just coming out, mm-hmm. that guy's not going to do that. Right. It's not going to happen. And I live for that. Well, that's, that's exactly it. That's what makes it exciting. If you that's what the it's other, about. If you're the other side, too. you know, if you, and you were just covering it exactly note for note, yeah. You may have been a journalist right now and been done with it because then you just, but it's exciting to do this, to go off the tracks every night. You really don't know. And if you listen to any Jimmy stuff, a real Zeppelin right. fan knows Jimmy really, really played the same thing. I mean, the riffs are there for the main songs, of course. Right. Exactly. But Jimmy really meandered all over that neck all the time. Right. You know, right. To the point where and it's like, all, yeah. You know, to the point like, is genius. And just, is he paying attention? Like, it's just, he's always, you always feel like you're like, is he? Oh, wow. Genius. Like, you know, I'm like, he's yeah. always back and forth. Like, you're like, where's he? Go? Oh, yeah, I see that now. Like, the oh, person is totally. that. oh I, I will tell you, and Jimmy might argue with me and slap my wrist, but I think because I do the same thing. No, he's veering off the rail right. and he pulls himself back. And, and you know, how far can you push it? How far can you push it to go the other way? How far can you push it? Right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. It's a mistake in a way. Maybe. I mean, kind of. I mean, maybe that was, you know, not in the, you know, microtonal scale that should have, you know, been within this other scale. But, okay, you pull back, you get back into it, you veer out because you want to explore, you know, or or you simply make a mistake. That's what every guitarist, real guitarist does. You know, I mean, like, no, but I mean, Hendrix playing chords are had bad nights. He had Hendrix- bad nights. Greatest guitarist ever. I mean, what? You know. Yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is, like, even even Eddie Van Halen will play tones and chords. You're like, that's a, is that a chord? But then you you peel it back. You're like, oh my god, it's brilliant because, like, how did you get that transition? Um, right. You know, back is like that. You know, where you're like, what? 
And it's like, <laughs> you, you can't wrap your mind around it, especially being like a musician or playing, playing it. It doesn't make sense the way you learn guitar, you build a song, the notes, and the chords. And you're like, where did that come from? And that's part of the genius that most people don't get when you just listen to it because you just want to hear the song. But as a musician, you listen to it, you go, oh, that's weird. I wouldn't expect that there. I'd expect something else there. Right. And that's what you, and you're like, well, that's what I like about it. Exactly. And that's, you know, I, and I love that too. I mean, I started with jazz and I went backwards to rock backwards because most people, you know, they play rock and they play blues and then they get bored of that and they want to go get heavy with jazz. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is really hard. Okay. So it's usually that is the end game, not the beginning game. I studied jazz a lot when I was, you know, really young. Um, and it took me a while to play rock because I was like, you know, I, I mean, I couldn't really, you know, like hit the hit the one right. and the three. I was like <laughs> on the on the back beat all the time behind the beat. Um, and interestingly, you know, that contributed a couple of things. One that that adventurous kind of I, I need to improvise improvisation jazz, right that makes sense it, your background of jazz to, to, right. to it, it is the, the most important thing that is why you play jazz because yep. you play the head of the tune and then you improvise but the other thing it does and I think that this is another thing I once had a very in-depth well every once in a while I have a very in-depth interview with a guitar magazine or something the thing about Jimmy Page and about John Bonham that most people just cannot get, in my opinion, they just, they just miss it because they can't hear it and they can't play it, is that they're really not, they're really not on the beat a lot of the time. And, and it is a laid back, behind the beat feel that's ever so slight, not quite as delayed as when you're playing jazz, but, right. but it is like that. So if you are really schooled in that, if that is your feel, then I believe that you're able to understand what those guys are doing because that's what they're doing. You know, JPJ is holding it and those other two guys are like ever so loose around that rhythm. And that's what makes it sexy. And that's what makes it move like that, you know, and it's, uh, it's a hard thing for just straight ahead players blues well, you, yeah. it's a challenge for an artist to play in the pocket that's the one goal for most musicians yeah but then you know uh page would take it one further where he's kind of like he wants like he's gonna fall out of the pocket but he's that's in the right. pocket. like you're, you're not so in it, and that's the whole point like what you're saying is you're not out of it but you're not really in it 100 percent. and that's like the next level if you can just if you, as a musician if you just play in the pocket you're you're, you're lucky that's and right like, thank you thank you that's, right. that, that, that's, that's right. great that's a gift totally that's a good but way right, from the, right out of the gate, though, Paige is like, yeah, I, I can do the pocket thing, but let me just see what else I can do. If I can dance around the pocket, if I can, you know, maneuver it. He can dance around the pocket because his drummer could. Yeah. And that's what he's missing in his life now. Um, I mean, you know, the ba they had John Paul Jones in there to just hold the whole house down. He, and he did so, so well. Magnificent. So good. He was so there, so solid that 
you could just dance around him and so could Bonham. I mean, they were in a pocket too. However, Bonham was in his own like insane world of feel like it is mm-hmm. like nobody plays like him. I mean, it's just, I still, after all this time, will listen to a Led Zeppelin track I've heard a million times, you know? You know, even something like Trampled Underfoot, you know, where it's pretty straight ahead the whole time. And you just cannot believe how, what his feel is like. I mean, he's just, you know, got that thing, which is just behind and Jimmy's playing with him. And the two of them, if you probably, if you took away the bass player, they'd probably be like, wait a minute, you know, quantize that track or something, you know, somebody quantize it. It's out of sync, you know, because that's what it is. That's beautiful. And our human ears hear that and we're so happy. Well, I hear it. I'm like, don't you just hear that? It feels like it's kind of missing something. Like I always hear these things and then I'm like, <laughs> but because I, you know, you're thinking like that certain way and everyone's like, no, but I think there's different ways you can listen to Zeppelin. Like it's on the radio. I think Zeppelin, Zappa, ACDC, oh, yeah. Van Halen and Pink Floyd are probably the five that you hear one thing on the radio and it, the masses love it. But if you put your headphones on, or if you just put your listening ears on, there's a whole nother thing under the hood that yeah. you're hearing that's that you're not hearing that's there, but that yeah. it's allowing you to hear the other stuff that's so deep and technical that you don't get it. Yeah. You know, the simplicity yeah. of, of the chords of ACDC or the, or the weird pieces that Eddie's coming up with or, or, or Gilmore or, you know, you know, and then Jimmy Page, the, you know, the 35 guitars and mandolins and, you know, right. <laughs> shovels with strings he's coming up with, whatever he decides he wants on the track, you know, right. yeah. he does. It's very deep. The layers are deep in lots of different ways and, you know, uh, sort of directions it's not just harmonic it's not just rhythmic it's all over the there's all sorts of stuff going on which is why we could play i could play this music 18 years in and still get off on it and still just fly into some other zone and 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 enjoy it as the highest form of you know playing because the other thing that it requires is the band has to play together in a way that is pretty much extinct as we were talking about nobody does that anymore nobody stands in the middle of the stage huddling together with each other laughing and playing and throwing shit back and forth i mean that is a lost art and in my mind it's the highest form of that genre you know whether it was cream or the who or or the who is a little more structured but i mean just that getting in the middle with each other and communicating I would have liked to see Blind Faith. I was like, you know, one album, I would have liked to see what the musician of Blind Faith would have done if they stayed together. Like the drummer, you know, and, and clapped. And, you know, and it, you know. Ginger Baker, yeah. Yeah, right? Like I would have loved to see those guys actually go on without killing each other for oh. a couple albums and see see where they got because being so bored of being a hit, like, like oh, let's go right. the other way. Like what right. would they have done? Because right. once again, a, a really crazy drummer, like that's out of their mind musically, not just potentially out of their mind, but but, but musically. And then, you know, and, and Clapton back then, you know, would have been a, a very similar, would have been a similar, <laughs> yep, I don't know, yes. I'm like touching Clapton right now. Yeah, but but at that point, when he was like in 75 different bands, and this is, I'm talking, yeah. you know, back then, it was so experimental. Yeah. What would have happened, you know? And, and the best blueprint we have is what Paige and Bonham did, you know? Right. And what, what were they like? Was it like 10, 11 years? How, how long were they together for? I didn't even, is that playing? I think it was like nine years. It was 11 albums. No, no, no. Okay. Or, 
11 years, nine albums. Sorry all right. Well, that. so that's kind of close. It's hard because it's like, it's just like the Beatles. It's like all these bands with well, yeah, a small window of time, these, these magnificent, huge things of all the songs in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they imploded. And the rest yeah. of life, everyone's trying to catch up to them. Like, you know, how can you do that? Yeah. And, and I tell you, it's a shame when you say like, I can see both levels, like, someone should get back together. And I, I, I'm with Robert, like, if he can't sing it and he doesn't do it, and it's not right. You shouldn't force it because no, it was a magic moment. But then if you have somebody like Jimmy Page, it's like having a race car sitting <laughs> inside and not being used. Or like when somebody buys like a record and they don't wrap it out of the vinyl. Like I, I can't have nothing. I'm not that guy. I get a good record, <laughs> rip it up. It's on my record player. You know what I mean? I yeah. can't, I have to display things. Jimmy yeah. Page can't be on display. He's just too good to not be still doing it if he doesn't want to do it. Right. Well, you know, I, I have to defend you, mean this. I mean, I just feel like... I'm not knocking him. I'm saying he's so good. If you just want to do it, that's one thing. But he's just so good. He, of course. But although, I, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work to get back to what he was doing in his prime. He can do it, but it's, it's, it's intent. But I think the thing is, and I, I don't know, I'm going out on a limb because, I, you know, I have met Jimmy a few times, but I'm not buying for knowing him inside out but I I think that artistically I might understand him a little bit because I've spent so much time inside his head and I run this band like he does it's very daunting it is really daunting to try to go out after you've had a band like Led Zeppelin and do anything I, I I mean it's I get it it's like, oh my God. You know, being someone like Jimmy, it's like, it better be good. Like, it's gotta be great. Or I'm gonna just, you know, and I think that it's just frightening. It's like, how am I gonna do that? How am I gonna get a band together? It's like, what are people gonna say? How am I gonna even manage it? How am I gonna find the play? You know, I think it's just it's a it's a high bar. It is and it, 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 it's just too much. It's like he you know, you know. He doesn't have, I mean, he's redoing all, all his, right. the band stuff. I just know? mean, as a musician, like I, cause I'm one of the, probably like me, one of me and 10,000 people that just want to hear, you gotta be exactly who you are. I'm like, no, you're just a, such a creative artist. And if you're still yeah. doing it and enjoying it, you should keep doing it. Take a left turn, just play, become a ukulele player. Just, you're such a good musician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're still competing against what you did. You can't be that. You already did it. How are you well, going to do it? Jones does that. That's what he, he does. does. I loved him in the, uh, them Crooked Vultures. He's doing all kinds of little parts and stuff. All just, sorts. You know, I love that Jimmy went and did the thing with the Crows because he was out there playing again. He doesn't have to do Zeppelin again. I just think he's so good right. playing. And it's a shame because you're right. He is going to be held to that. It's not a Zeppelin. You can't create that. There will never be another Zeppelin. You cannot create those riffs. But I also think that's his big child. It's his baby. He's in love with Led Zeppelin. He always will be. It's, <laughs> it's his thing. It's like, I'm not sure he has room in his genius brain to mm-hmm. really want to or come up with anything else and that's okay but that's so fine that's fine that's I just, that might be it just, hole, though. you can't play yeah. it and remain unchanged if you play it for any length of time at all and remain unchanged you're not playing it right and that's all i'll say about that but it is you it changes you and it has magical powers and that's you know I think that, you know, Jimmy is under its spell, is under the spell of the thing he created. I'm under it too. It got me too. I'm like, I get it. 
I can't go out and form a band either. I'm like, and I know why. It's it's really a weird thing. Maybe it'll be in my memoir. I'll figure it out. What, what, what about writing songs though? Like because you have yeah, that. What about it? Why don't I? I've written a million songs, right? Well, I'm asking you. Like, how does it feel? You're like, oh, I can't write because it's not a Zeppelin song, or it's, it's separate. It's not Zeppelin because you're not. I know. Again. Well, we we've written some. I've written some since, and a lot of instrumental stuff, but. It is a, I don't know. It's a, I'm just asking you personally, because I don't think it's the wrong answer. The I think devil has his choke on me. <laughs> I, I like the devil's advocate. I think a musician should do, that's what Paul Dream Page should do whatever they want. Right. And it, I, nobody, and, but I know the real world. I'm not, I'm not you know, an idiot. And the real world's not going to judge you that way. And as a musician, you're probably going to be even harder than the whole entire world. Jimmy's going to rate himself harder than the entire world that loves Led Zeppelin. Exactly. Totally right. together. Millions of people. Oh. He will still hold himself right. to a higher grade than all of them. Right? Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. It's a little short ending here. We're going to pick this up. This, we'll call this a part one. And then we'll pick up in the next month or so. And we'll dig on to this, this talk. And I want mm-hmm. everybody to check out the links and check out the show. I want to thank you for being Absolutely. on. Absolute right. pleasure. Sean. Thank you all very right. much.